Salam. Good morning. Shalom, everyone. I believe even the weather's quite hot today. It's not going to, it's not going to stop your enthusiasm to hear the word today. Amen. Okay, today I'm going to be speaking about. We believe God works. I believe that there's not even one person in this world, not one Christian in this world. Who has a who has a perfect history in faith? And everything's just gone smoothly, no problems. Matthew 11, when the John the Baptist was in prison, he told his he told his disciples to go to Jesus and ask, "Are you the one that was going to is going to come, or do we have to wait for someone else?" The John the Baptist. When he was going through difficulties in the prison, he, he went through a struggle of faith. He went through a trial of faith. And Jesus answered them, Go to John and tell them what you've heard. Tell them, what, tell them what you've heard and you've seen. The blind see, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the dead are raised. And to the poor, the good news is preached. Even John the Baptist went through a struggle in faith. Even more so you and me, amen? So in this life, sometimes our, our faith walk just goes up and down. It's not always smooth, straight. It always goes up and down. Even now while we're still not in heaven yet, while we're still on earth, there's always going to be theological struggles and practical struggles which relate to our, our Christian faith. An example of a theological struggle that we can often go through is who is that triune God? Some people ask me, the, the name of the triune or the trinity is not in the God, so why do we believe in this triune God? And I say, yeah, that's quite true. In the Bible, it doesn't talk about doesn't talk about the Trinity. It's not it's not written in it, but it's all it's all through it. And then people will ask me, "Who's the Antichrist?" And then we have discussions in the in a mailing list. Antichrist is A or B or C. And they're going to have the mark of six six six. There's lots of different theological struggles that people have which often come into our lives. And some people, some people ask, well, is it true that God created the world in six days? Is it true? Because according to physicists, physicists, because some, the physicists say that there was a chemical, chemical process that caused the world to come to be that, that, that happened over years and years. And then people ask, what's the actual age of this world? 
And some people say it's only about 6,000 years old. But archaeologists, in their fossil findings, they estimate that the world is about millions of years old. So which one is actually true? So this is what people ask. I hope that you come on Saturdays. At the moment we're still doing a premarital class, but after that we're going to do a Bible study. And when, for example, when is the world going to end? Is it true that the world is going to end this year, 2012? Some people have already predicted that that's going to happen this year. Is that true? These are the theological questions that often come, that come up in our lives. And sometimes there are also um, practical struggles that we go through. And we're sick. And we say, didn't Jesus wounds already heal us? But I prayed and I'm, I'm not even healed. How come, how come I'm getting more sick? Sometimes we also ask that. Sometimes practical questions like this come up in our life, practical struggles. Someone's asked me before, do we really have to pay a tithing? If it's our first time working, do we have to pay a special, special offering? Is that the first day of the week, first day of the month, that we have to pay this special offering? And so it's a practical question. How come there's some people that say we have to pay two, three tithing and some people who don't? Why, how come this just seems to be up to us? Sometimes there's practical struggles that we go through. Is the, do we have to pay um, tithing? With our net or our gross total? Some people ask questions like that. Is it before tax or after tax? So with all these struggles, theological and practical struggles, which I've seen Christians face, if we look at the root of all these, all these questions, there's actually two roots for the questions. The root of these faith, faith issues. If it's based on faith, you will get through these theological and practical issues. Faith based on the word. What is it that causes us to have these struggles? Let's open the word. So the first problem is believing who is God. In John 14, 8, let's read it together. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has, has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. So what Philip said here, it often happens to us as well. Philip had often heard Jesus talking about the Father, Father, Father in heaven, his Father in heaven. Jesus is often talking about the Father like repeatedly. 
And so, so Philip, the curiosity had kind of arisen in Philip. He wanted to know who's the Father, until he finally asked Jesus and said, "Can you show us the Father to me? We want, we want to see him. We want to know." So what Philip said here often happens to us as well. We often want to know more about God and understand Him more than that we want to believe Him. So our desire to know the Word and to know about the Bible is more than our desire to know God. Our curiosity to know about the secrets of those things in the Bible is is much bigger than our desire to know the God. This is a, a matter that often happens in the Christian lives. But understanding and seeing that is not a guarantee that you're going to believe. The disciples of Jesus that lived with him for three and a half years, they lived every day with Jesus. There's some miracles with Jesus that were that were done by Jesus. But when he was arrested, they all left. They all disappeared. And even Tom, Thomas said, if if I don't put my hands in the holes in his sides or in his in his palms, then I won't believe. Peter, he denied Jesus three times. He was the one who said that when Jesus asked Peter, "Who do people say that I am?" and Peter answered, "People say that you are John the Baptist. You are Elijah." And Jesus asked him, "Asked Peter, according to you, who am I?" And Peter, what did Peter say? He said, "You are the Messiah, the Son of God, the Living Son of God." Peter had a true understanding of who Jesus is, but but when he was arrested, he denied him three times. Understanding and seeing doesn't guarantee that we were going to believe. Now let's pay attention to what Jesus says here in verse nine. It's been so long that I have been with you, Philip, but you still don't know who I am. He who has seen me has seen the Father. This often happens in the life of a Christian. It's, we've we've believed in Jesus for a long time. We've lived as a Christian. Even in our identity cards, it says that we're Christian in Indonesia. Every day we read the Word. We believe that Jesus is in our hearts. But often our spirit doesn't know Jesus, the true Jesus. We don't know him in a personal way. We don't yet have a, a personal relationship with him. Today, let's examine ourselves. How long is it that we've become a Christian? And thus far, you've said that I, I'm a Christian. How long has it been? How deep is it that you know Jesus in a personal way? When I was, since I was little, I was born in a family where my mum was Catholic. I went to a school which was Catholic. 
I was baptized in a Catholic church. As I got older and I started ministering in the church, became a leader. I got trained. I became an intercessor in the Catholic Church. I had a very important, I had a very important role in the church. But all that time, I had never experienced a personal relationship with Jesus. My life wasn't different to the lives of people in the world. From Friday, we'd all watch blue films, we'd all watch X-rated films all together in the room of our pastor with the reason that we need sex education. If everyone else cheated on exams, I also did the same thing. If we had an assignment of drawing, I would, I would draw a pawn. I'd often get in trouble and my, my friends were sick of, were sick of disciplining me. My principal had already given up on me. He said, "Okay, how do you want me to discipline you to this time? You can just you can just tell me that you were having to be disciplined because he was he was so over disciplining me." In the 60 years that school was around, I was the most naughtiest kid in the school. And in my life, I said I believed in Jesus, and I was still serving in church, but I'd never had a change in my life. In a personal way, I didn't know Jesus. In 1977, when I was in a camp, a Petra camp, I was at a camp. I was at a university camp, and I experienced a radical change in my life. And I realized, oh, God is like that. And I understood personally that, oh, you can actually ask God to talk to you. He can actually converse with us. He can talk into our hearts. He can understand. He, we can talk to Him. The Holy Spirit is alive. He's not, he's not a dead God. I experienced a radical change in my life, which made my cha- my life change totally, and the way I thought changed totally, and the things that I desired changed totally. And I saw my life was not original anymore. Every time I saw in the in the mirror, I never used to feel satisfied with myself. But when I had ex- since I had experienced Jesus. And I had a personal relationship with Jesus. I became a person. I became a person who was satisfied with my own life. You should just know how much I was. I was never satisfied with what my face looked like. And I had my idol was really good looking, but I was like, why do I look like this? So when I had a personal relationship with Jesus, when I got to know him personally, I knew that this is the best that the Lord can give to me. This life, I'm feel so satisfied. 
and the way I think, and my ambitions, my desires, and life, they all changed. If you still look at yourself today, and it's the original, means that you haven't changed. People that believe in Jesus, or people that, that know who Jesus is, then I believe that their life definitely changed. They will not be the same again with what they were before. There's a lot of people who serve the Lord, but they still don't believe in who Jesus actually is. They don't yet have a personal relationship with Jesus. In, the, in verse 10, Jesus says, Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? So the, the root of the problem is not believing who God is. That is the problem of our faith. You will not be able to grow in understanding and your knowledge and your how you know God if you don't believe who Jesus is, who God is. This is the first problem. Philip only believed to Jesus in according with his own concept of who Jesus is. Oh, Jesus is like this. Oh, the Son of God, oh, the Messiah is like this. Lots of people believed in Jesus, but not actually in the way that he actually was but they believed in him according to their own concepts of who he was, their own individual concepts. They thought of God as like the... He's a resource and so every time we need anything, we just ask him for stuff. That's our own concept of God. Maybe some people say, they say, he's my healer, when I'm sick, he heals me. And it's only limited to that, but actually that's not the case. God is much more than what we can even imagine. Philip only knew Jesus according to his own concept, not in, not in the actual sense of who he is. In John 6 it says, He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. In other words, Jesus said, whoever believes in him, eat his flesh and drink his blood. This is not talking about Dracula. Christians are not people that drink blood. No, but it's talking about spiritual matters here. He's talking about spiritual things. Eating the spiritual flesh and drinking the spiritual blood of Jesus. In a moment, we are also going to be taking communion. And the Bible says that people that believe in Jesus, they're going to live in Jesus, abide in Him, and Jesus will abide in, in them. Communion is not just remembrance, not just remembering His death and Him rising from the dead, not just that. But the communion is also just about remembering Jesus. And also 
unity with Christ. Some people ask me these kind of questions. Are people who haven't been baptized yet, can they take communion? The Bible never says that people that take communion have to be baptized first. But the Bible says people who believe in Jesus, they will eat my flesh and they will drink my blood. Communion, without believing in Jesus, will have no power. You're just drinking. You're just eating bread and drinking wine. That's it. Nothing more than that. But for people that believe in Jesus personally, the, the communion is a really great power. Amen. Our congregation has many, many testimonies of when people have been healed. Because why? Because they believe. Because they believe in Jesus, and then they receive healings. Experience the power of this communion, Holy Communion. Because when people believe in Jesus, it says in the Word of God that He's going to abide in Jesus, and Jesus is going to abide in them. So you don't need to be surprised if there's someone who already believes in Jesus like this. So if someone looks at them, they're going to look like Jesus. Maybe not their their faces and look like Jesus. Like the pictures of Jesus that we have, but I believe that His presence will be there. It's going to to bring the, the blessings of God to other people. We can see Jesus who is in living in us. There's lots of people who, are, there's lots of Christians who are still scared of Satan. Who is brave of Satan? Brave of demons? Who is not scared of them? Please, please say if you. Everyone else laughing. If you have Jesus, Jesus is in us. So when when you say that, when the demons see you, that they're scared of you. Not not scared of you, but scared of Jesus who is in you. Amen. So if we are scared of demons, that's really wrong. Demons need to be scared of us, not not us being scared of the demons. People who know Jesus in a personal way, they definitely will have an attitude of obedience toward Jesus. People who are obedient to Jesus, it shows that they have Jesus inside of them. There's a there's a person who is who needs to be obeyed more than themselves. It's so often that we just we just do what we want. We just do what we want in our desires. But people that know who Jesus is, they're going to follow what Jesus wants in their life. They say, don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. They're not going to be lazy. And when they're sleeping, Jesus will say, wake up and it's time to go to church. And they will get up. I believe that people that have Jesus in themselves. They will have no reason and nothing they can say to God. He can overcome every fleshly desire because they have Jesus in them. People know there's a needle and there's a string. Often we're sewing or weaving. 
take t just pay attention to this. If you have a needle and a string, the string is going to follow the needle. The needle is going to go up and down. The string just follows along. And when it's finished, the, the result is very beautiful. But can you imagine if the string didn't follow the needle, the needle goes one way, the string goes another way, what's it going to become? It's not going to become anything good, is it? You won't be able to see a beautiful, beautiful cross stitch or anything. A Christian is like that. Why do so many people go through such a complicated and a difficult life? Because they don't want to follow Jesus. How many times Jesus positions himself in, in our life as a needle? It's like a needle. It looks like when he, you know, he goes in our life, it's going to go here and hit there and it's going to be sore. But actually, when the needle goes in, actually, it ends up becoming, in the end, the end result is very beautiful. It's a good result. When the cross stitch is done, what, what happens? The needle, the needle comes out of the string and the needle is separated. And the needle goes into the, the needle stuck. And then, then the beautiful cross stitch becomes something that is auctioned or tended. And it's what? Um, it's sold. Maybe like a respected in an amazing way. And maybe it, it's maybe it becomes a clothing and it's it's worn by kings or whatnot. And so the the needle doesn't go along with it, does it? And so often God is like that with us. He is like a needle in our life. And when we're led by Him, and we're led by God. It often feels like lots of things hurt in our life. Like our flesh gets hurt, it's sore. Our worldly desires are hurt. They're cured, it hurts. But if we follow, if we are obedient, and our life is going to become a beautiful weaving, a beautiful piece of sewing. If you're intelligent, you go to school, you get a degree, the top of the class, who, who gets praise? You do. Who gets to keep the degree? We do. Does, does God get it? No. But who gave us the intelligence? God. You're led, you're given health, you can work, you're smart, you can be successful, you have your reach, you have a lot of money, you can experience many things, you can enjoy many things. And then to pay time, we still just, we, we take time to think about it. Yeah? He's enjoying it, us. If and when we're blessed by God, often Christians we forget about God. It's true. It's friends, people that believe in God, in Jesus, their life is like a, it's like the string. There's so many Christians disagree and fight with Jesus. Because in the beginning they don't believe, they don't know, they don't believe in who they're worshipping. They don't trust in who is guiding them, who takes them through the ins and ups and downs of life. They don't believe in who he is. Yesterday I went home with Daniel. Malaria was in the, in the back and Daniel was driving. 
And to the, you got lost on the left, lost on the right. And Valerie wasn't worried at all. Why? Because she just she just knew that she could trust in her dad. And sometimes we're just too we're too uh, we just talk too much to God and we get too angry with Him. We're led and guided by Him, and we we just always have a comment to make. Well, if, if this happens, what's going to happen? What if this happens? What's going to happen? We just have some, sometimes we just argue too much with God. And to God, who's, we should be following Him. If we know the God who we're worshipping is, we're not going to talk back to Him. We're just going to follow Him. Yeah, and then our life won't be so complicated and difficult. If you still feel like that complicated string, then try to become that, that string that follows that follows the needle. Your life is going to become a beautiful piece of sewing. Because God is never wrong in our lives. Today, let's examine our hearts. Do we truly believe in who Jesus is in a personal way? This needs to be answered personally. We don't need to be embarrassed. We don't need to follow others. This has to be answered personally by you. Do you truly know today? Do you know Jesus in a personal way? Do you know who Jesus is that you worship? Do you know who this Jesus is that you worship? So that your life can grow. It's very easy. You can see Christians that believe, that grow. People that believe in who Jesus really is, their, their life is truly going to grow. It's not going to just be static. But sometimes we meet people who have been to, to church for years and years, but their life, their spiritual life is just like so-so. We can tell that they actually they don't know who Jesus is in a personal way. People that have Jesus in their life in a personal way, their spirit is alive. And their spirit that's alive is thirsty and hungry for the Lord. And thirsty and hungry for, for His Word, for His presence. Hungry and thirsty to serve God. And it's not definitely won't be static. We'll be a, have a very dynamic life and it'll be growing. People die. Even if they, even if they die there for 30 years, they won't feel good. But for someone who's alive, if they don't eat for just one day, they'll be hungry. We need to have a life that's continuing to grow in the Lord. So today, let's look at our lives individually. Who do you actually, who are you obedient to? Who do you follow? If you're obedient to Jesus, then that's a sign that you know who Jesus is. But who, if you're just following your own desires, that's a sign that showing that you don't know who Jesus is yet. So today, let's examine our hearts individually. If you realize and you say that today, today I haven't, I haven't been following you, Jesus. Today is not late. You can believe in Jesus. You can invite Him to come into your heart in an individual way, personally, and you can know Him personally. Don't get all caught up with your serving or with the name being a Christian. 
But today, let's check our hearts and let's, let's see. Is it true that we believe who this Jesus is? Is it true that we have a personal relationship with Jesus? We know him in a personal way. Today, that needs to be answered. Every person needs to answer this question because Jesus knows you. Maybe today you say, I know, I know God, but it's not, it's not definite that God knows you or me. Because that is a very serious question that you have to answer today in our, in our individual lives. The first issue, is the, the root of our faith issues in life, is that we don't believe in who God is. If you don't believe who God is, then you're going to have the second problem. That is, what did God do in his life? So what's the first, what's the first issue? Don't believe in who God is. What's the second one? Don't believe what God does. Doesn't believe in God's work. Doesn't believe in his deeds and what he does. Let's look at John 14 from 11 to 14. It says, Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Or else, believe... It just, just notice this is really good words. Or else, believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. Because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's amazing. This is the second problem. If we don't believe in Him, if we don't know who Jesus is, so the second problem is going to occur. We won't believe in what He does in our life. So we won't believe in the work that He does in our life. We won't believe in what He does. We won't believe in His work and His deeds. If we're sick, and we're, we're healed by the Lord, we'll say that the doctor is the amazing one. He's the, the medicine was really effective. Is it often that we say that? And it's so clear that, that God was the one who saved us. And we say, oh, the doctor was really amazing. And the medicine was really effective. And we pass an exam. And we were blessed by the Lord. And we say, oh, I studied because I'm really smart. And I, and I passed. I got a good job. And he says he's really lucky. We have a healthy life. And we say, oh yeah, it's just a, it just turns out that I'm healthy. People like this, they can't appreciate what the Lord does in their life. And that's what it says in verse 11. Jesus says, at least... Believe in the evidence of the miracles themselves and the works that I do. In other words, Jesus says, if you don't believe in me in a personal way, at least believe in what I do, trust in what I do. 
Why aren't so many people not believing God at this moment? Because so many people don't believe that people created everything in this world. And like when I first spoke, the physicists say this world, because of a, it came out of a chemical crisis that happened through millions of years. But people don't talk about it. Well, who, who made the chem- chemicals? Where do the chemicals come from? People can't believe in Jesus. But Jesus says, if you don't want to believe in me in a person way, if you can't believe in me in a person way, then believe in, in the what I have done, in the work that I have done. Believe in what I have done in your life. So today, if you can be healthy, that's because of what Jesus has done in our lives. Also, because His grace is so big to us. Everyone else is in St. George Hospital, but we can be here praising the Lord. Other people have passed away, and today we can be praising the Lord, and we can still be existing in this world. Other people are looking for their life partner, and for 30 years they don't get their life partner. And you have a husband, you have a wife, you have four or five kids. God gave us amazing, amazing, extraordinary life. And, and God says, at least if you, can't, if you don't believe in me, believe in what I have done in your life. If you've been with a husband or a wife, be thankful. Don't look at your husband and say, oh, why do they look like this? What is that husband look so much cooler than my husband? Don't look like that. You need to be thankful. If, if your husband's taken by someone else, of course you're going to be hurt, aren't you? So, so often we take them for granted. We can't, be, we can't appreciate people. We can't be thankful for what God's given to us in our lives. Such a huge work that goes done in our life and we don't appreciate it. So if we, if we meet with someone like this, don't be annoyed. I used to get so annoyed. How can people be like this? How can they be so stubborn? I used to get so annoyed. It's just so off. It's so obvious that God has helped you. Doctors had given up. They'd given up. They had cancer and they got prayed and you were healed. And they say, oh, the doctor was amazing. And the, oh, the medical was effective. Oh, it's so rude, isn't it? I was so angry in my heart. And if you, I thought, oh, if you didn't get healthy, I would just, I would just, you were pinching her face. I said, how can you be so unthankful to the Lord? There wasn't even hope anymore. The, the doctors had given up and the doctor was still getting praised. I said, oh, my doctor was amazing. And they said, the doctor used this medicine and the medicine was really good. How can there be people like this? So if we have people who are stubborn like this, don't be, don't be like what I was like. But know that they don't know who Jesus is yet. We need to actually feel sorry for them. <laughs> we have to feel sorry for them. We have to think, oh, how can we be so stupid like this? This is maybe the, the eighth miracle in the world. How can people can't see the work of the Lord? This is we don't understand, we don't know who He is. But we need to be able to know from His works. We need to appreciate what He has done in our lives. And 
later if we can appreciate what God has done in our lives, and then slowly they will know who Jesus is, they will know who God is. Amen? If we never appreciate it, we never praise, never respect Him, how can we understand Him? How can we know Him? It will never happen. These people are very proud and very conceited. They're not really smart. They definitely, definitely up themselves. There was a doctor who had many new findings for cancer in America. And I'm ready. I'm ready to be separated from my hypothesis if it can be proved to be wrong. Often we can be so proud and we can be so conceited. We can have. I, I often think that poor people were very, very humble, but and the rich were conceited. But you can actually have. You can have. You can have poor people who are very conceited. I don't understand it. person who created medicine, he, he was so humble and he thought, well, if there's someone that has a hypothesis, which is better than what I have, it's hypothesis is like a statement. It's, an, it's a confidence in something. So if someone can renew it, if someone has something that, that can update my hypothesis, which is something better, then I'm, re I'm ready to let go of my hypothesis. If we can accept other people, But if there's people who are rude and proud, and they see other people who are in intelligent, they say, oh, you're lucky that you're, you're intelligent. We don't, we don't accept it. We need to be able to learn from those who are more than us. But we're not willing to, because we believe that we're better than other people. We're allowed to feel intelligent, but it doesn't necessarily mean we are. We say you, people feel very, very up themselves. They have a big feeling. They, they feel very overconfident. They're too self-confident. Well, it's not necessarily true that they're actually like that. And some people like they, they look just normal, but they think they're the, the hottest thing around. There's no people that are like that. This is what being self-confident is like. People who can be humble are people that want to believe in the work that God has done in his life. This is someone who is humble. People who can be grateful for what God's done in their lives. This person will be ready to be criticized, to accept his sh sh shortfalls, and will respect others. People who believe in who is God. People who believe in who God is, they'll be able to believe in what God does. 
if they believe in what God does in their lives, they're going to do amazing things. They will experience amazing things. And so in verse 12, Jesus says this, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these. The first time I read this, I thought, wow, that means Christians can be amazing. If I say, if I say this, you won't, you won't be surprised. If I say to you that you will do, you will do what I do and greater things than me, then you won't be surprised. But if Jesus says this, you'll be you're very surprised. You're amazed. It's so clear. Jesus is not just doing small talk here. He says, "Whoever believes in me, they will do the works that I have done." And you can think, "Wow!" And then Jesus says, and even more so. I will do even greater works than what I have done. Wow. Is, is that true? This feels impossible for us. We think of Jesus and we know that he's good. And Jesus said we can do things even greater than what he has done. Wow. It's amazing. If we think... Jesus is out there, we think, wow. But if we know that Jesus is in us, there won't be any wow. Because it, cause it doesn't happen because of us, because it happens because Jesus is in us. And because of that, you can do works that Jesus did. And you can do even things even greater than what he, things greater than what he did. In Jesus' time, he could only do preaching in just uh, he just do preaching in Judea and Palestine and all that. And today we're doing a service, and what we're doing is a live broadcast to the whole world. The whole world can see what we're doing right now. The whole world can follow what we're we're talking about right now. How is it? Because we have Jesus. Amen. If you have Jesus in your life and my life then this verse is no longer, wow, we shouldn't be surprised because we have Jesus. You don't have money, you can get a house. If you, if you don't have Jesus, you think, wow, but if you have Jesus, that's normal. Because with Jesus, you can do amazing things and even greater things than what he even did. Is that incredible? If they have Jesus, because of His grace, Jesus' grace, try and tell the person on your left and your right, let them know, because it's Jesus. And because of that, amazing things are going to happen in your life and my life. In 13 and 14 it says, verse 13 and 14, Jesus reframes it again. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the plan may be bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. It's incredible. 
because Jesus does the will of God, and the Father is glorified in His life. And now Jesus is in you and me. And so that when we do the will of Jesus, then Jesus is glorified in us. And automatically, our life can glorify Jesus if it's not made in. If we're not doing amazing things in life, how can we be glorifying Jesus? If we used to be stupid and now we're we're smart, people will be like, "Wow, how did you get? How did you get so smart?" People say, "Well, you used to be so stupid. How did you get so smart?" And people say, "People will ask, how did you get like this?" And how will you answer? You say, "Jesus is in me." Amen. Hallelujah. Maybe you had no money. You used to have debts here and there. And now you're a rich person, and you can bless people here and there. And people will say, "Wow, that person used to be so poor and didn't used to have anything." They say, "How did how did he get rich? Who helped him get rich?" And then he'll say, "Jesus in me. Jesus in me. This is the key. And that's why Jesus said, 'What you ask in my name, I will I will do it.'" It's incredible, isn't it? Hallelujah. So it looks like we're the ones who are doing the work, but actually, it's Jesus that is making the, our work successful. That helps us to be blessed and helps us to be successful. It's Jesus in us. But what, what our work that we do is just very normal. It's become a normal employee. But the others can't. We can. And it's incredible. And our bodies just look kind of normal. We don't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger with our six-pack and everything. Not like that. But we're so we're happy, and people I say, why is that? We say because we have Jesus. We don't need steroids. We don't need our bodies to look huge. But we're healthy, and be, be, and who helps us be healthy? It's Jesus made us healthy. Amen. We don't look like our uh, appearance doesn't look like a professor or anything. But Jesus is the one that makes us intelligent, makes us clever. We just study for a little bit and we can already do it. We just get told a little bit and we can understand it. We can get it really quickly. People are so happy with that if they are working for someone and you t- they tell you if they, they try and tell you and you don't understand and after two weeks that you tell them they tell you stuff and you still don't understand after three weeks they tell you something else. People that want to employ you after four months people say oh can you please leave? But if people in one day they understand and they can do everything, the boss is going to be very happy looking seeing you. And they say wow this person is really smart really intelligent. You're going to become their favorite employee. Then is it true? The the key person in the company. The other people will be fired, and you'll be you'll be looked after. Wow, it's amazing because Jesus is in our life, and He is going to do all these amazing things in our life. Amen. And maybe we're not good at speaking in front of people. But when we talk in the front, we can help people believe in Jesus. 
Have you ever experienced anything like that? Why is that? Because Jesus is the one who anoints you. Jesus is the one who moves in the hearts of people so that they would want to believe in the product that you're offering. Jesus is the one that makes people respect you. Jesus is the one that helps you have many friends. He's the one that moves in the hearts of people so that they will like you. Amen? So today, let's look at ourselves. Do we truly believe in who God is? People have Jesus. People believe in Jesus and believe in what they do in their lives. That's going to become, they will become a person that's humble and someone that feels like they need people. People who are proud, they never feel like they need, they need anyone else. They only need people if they have, they have something that they want. They need money, they'll love for a friend. But if they don't need anything, they'll forget about their friend. People who like this are very proud people. But people who believe in Jesus, they're humble. They need others. They're not proud. Why? Because I believe that, that God works in other people's lives to bless us, to bring good, good things for us. God works in everything in our lives for our, for our good. So we can gain good through other people as well. He can work directly in our lives, and he can, but He can also work, work through others as well. Because people that believe in Jesus are humble and they need others. People have their nose that always looking up, up and they don't need other people. Don't be surprised because they don't have Jesus in their lives. But people who have Jesus, they'll be humble. In Romans 8.28, it says that we know that what God does in our lives works for the good of those who love him. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In our life, we're always working in relation to other people. We always have relationships with others. And because of that, we need other people. We really need others. Don't think just because you're smart, you're rich, or because you know everything that you don't need anyone else. You need others. If you die, who's going to put you in the grave? You can't run and put yourself in the grave, can you? From birth to death, we need others. So that's why we need to protect and guard our hearts so that we respect and we appreciate other people. I'm really happy in, in Australia. When, we, when we're going for our driver's license, we always are reminded, don't, don't forget to look at your blind spot. If we don't look back, you, you won't pass your test. I didn't, I didn't pass my driver's license test three times because I, I didn't look back at people. I, looked, I forgot to look back. Just because I didn't look back, I didn't pass. And I thought, oh, Australia, it's too much. They're, they're a developed country, but it's just too much for me. And I, I failed so many times, and then I finally I passed. And I thought oh, I was choosing here because our lives, because there's, there's things, there's signs that we don't see in our lives. That we ourselves, we can't see. We need other people in our lives to show us and tell us. 
We need other people to look at us and to let us know what we can't see ourselves. I'll give you an example. Tiger Woods, the golf champion in the world. Do you have a trainer? You had one. You had one. Mike Tyson, the boxing champion. Did he have a coach in his life? He did. Bruce Lee, do you have a teacher? Yes, he had one. Bruce Lee is amazing. But the coach just looks like a little fella. If Mike Tyson played against his coach, his coach would, his coach would definitely lose. His coach is just, he's skinny as. But why do these amazing people still have coaches? Why do they need them? Do you know why? What do they need? So that these amazing people can see. So they need someone to show them the blind spots in their lives. The blind spots in what they're in their sport. So when they're playing golf, they have blind spots. What they what they can't do in the boxing, the blind spots. These coaches made these people become amazing people. So, so often we're too proud to appreciate other people who, who want to help us in our lives. When we're criticized, we're, we're hurt. When we're given advice, we're stubborn. Because we don't feel like we need other people. Even though there's many blind spots in our lives, which we can't see. And who can see those as, as other people. And when God uses other people, when God uses other people to show these blind spots in lives, we, we, we make ourselves too proud. We're not going to grow for like this. We're not going to progress. People who are proud, they're just going to be stuck there because they feel like they don't need, they don't need to grow anymore. It's already, it's already enough. People who feel like they've, already, they've reached that place and they won't, they won't grow, they won't go anywhere. If you feel like you're at a good place, you're already, you're already good enough, then you're not going to grow. If you feel like your family, your marriage life is okay, you don't want to keep studying, you're not going to grow. People that want to grow, and people who feel that they need to learn, that's, uh, that's when people grow. And now, so today let's have a look. So that we truly become people who know who Jesus is, and also believe in what he has done in our lives. For the final, for the end, I will just give an illustration. Someone like this not only just needs others, but can also work with others. There's lots of Christians who can't work together, they can't cooperate with others. They say, oh, it's better if I work by myself rather than I work with others. Why? Because there's no cooperative spirit. But people who know Jesus, and I believe in Jesus, in a, in a true way, they will not only be humble, they won't really need to feel like they need others, but they also be able to work together with others. Husband and wife, if they can't cooperate, they can't work together, it's really hard. If a child and the parents can't cooperate, then it's really difficult. If a congregation can't work together, it's really difficult. I'm so thankful that in the CLC, that's some that mostly everyone here can work together. So I believe that this church is going to, to grow, it's going to progress. Who believes that? If people can cooperate and work together, 
At one moment, there was a there's a cat. There's a story of a cat and a mongoose, and they were. The cat was trying to show that he was very big. The cat went into the little hole and brought out a brought out a piece of a wolf. And then there was a there was another animal that was bigger. There was a bear. And the cat said, "Don't go here. You have to go over there." And then it, and the the skinny cat took a piece of the pear, bear. And then the cat said, come on out everyone, let's enjoy some food. And then this huge tiger, this huge tiger came out of the cave. So the story is that this, this little cat was able to, to get all these amazing animals and to eat from them. But it turns out that this little cat was working together with a bigger tiger. So we can, t we can learn from this that this little cat could work together with a tiger. And so if we can work together with people who are better than we are, then we can, we, we can be better than even those people. Sometimes we can't cooperate with others. So we can't see that, that there's, there's a hole in our lives, there's an opportunity in our lives that we can work with someone who is better than us. If we don't feel like we need others, then we're going to have to be stuck if we just look at all our shortfalls in our lives. Do you understand what I'm saying? If we look at our limitness, if we look at how limited we are, we'll think, oh, how can I do this? And then you, maybe you, today you're thinking, oh, I need $100,000, and you think, oh, it's too much. And but for someone else, it might be like, oh, $100,000 is nothing. So today, if we can believe in Jesus, and we can believe in what is being done by Him, and what can be, and what can be done by Him in our lives, in in, the, in our lives which are very limited, in our shortfalls and in our restricted nature, and the things that we know are impossible in our life are not impossible for God. So we can be built together by God to work with other people. So that our, so when you can't do things, can be put together with those who can do things. So you don't need to be surprised that that what Jesus says in verse 12 before. 
that you can do what I do. You can do the work that I do, and you can do what's even greater than that that I have done. Because the potential of all his children, he brings that all together. He integrates it. And I believe that if our congregation here can all work together, can be integrated, the potential of everyone here, then just amazing things will happen. And it's not the time that the world is going to continue to, to bless Indonesia, but it's the time where Indonesia is going to bless the world. We're not going to think anymore about how, how can we continue to be looked after by the West, but we're going to, we are going to be the one who's going to be blessing the West. I hope that today that you remember that the first thing is to remember who is Jesus. If we don't believe in who Jesus is, then the second issue is going to happen. We won't be able to believe in what Jesus does or what he will do in our lives. Amen? Okay, let's pray.